And we're in. Yeah. How you doing, Gwen? You went to Glastonbury and now you're back. How's that I going? Did. That was a well that God, it already feels like a year ago. But yeah, I, I went to Glastonbury. It was amazing. I completely cut myself off from the world. Like I forgot who I was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I it's one of those vacations where Usually you need a day or two to like detach from work. Yeah. No, man. Like I hiked in there and I was detached from work. Oh. I was just, just partied for several days straight until I hurt. <laughs> and then I recovered uh, in Bristol, which is a lovely little city, I suppose. It is. Yeah. Oh, not bad. Pretty cute. And then I, uh, yeah, now I'm, now I'm back. And I got back, I think, three days ago. Immediately, like the world fell down like a like a truck i don't know how to explain it like like a big truck no oh. like uh like um now i'm right back in it it was amazing like i left i completely detached i'm back on the grid and i'm instantly like i hit the ground running because the second i landed i had like all the artists had stuff they wanted to cram in by the end of this week and because i'm i told them no matter what they had to roll off the project at the end of this week yeah like i've um i kind of reached a point where it would be nice to let them keep doing stuff, but everything they do requires a little bit of work. I'm, uh, it's just like enough of a distraction. Having four other people just doing things, moving things around, needy, every, there's always... Because I'm I'm the tech artist and kind of a little bit the art director. Like mm. I'm splitting that with Rick. Uh, well, definitely. Like I'm half of the art direction and I get the final say in everything. And yeah. so it, it's... Every single thing is just, a, even if it's only a little bit of my time, once you multiply that by like five people, it just becomes a lot of my time. So I've rolled the artists off. Uh, and now for the last two days, it's just been me and the project. Um, so what have you been doing? Because I remember the last time we spoke, I think you were talking about when you got back, you would be entering full bug crunching mode. Crushing bugs, yeah. Um, I've, I'm not quite there yet. Some other stuff came up. I need to, um, so I, uh, basically I, I came back, I got out a calendar. I know roughly what I'm shipping. I know that I'm going to PAX uh, before I ship. And so I'm, there's a certain amount of things I have to get ready for PAX. One of them is a trailer. So like um, I contacted my favorite trailer guy. We've started negotiating like what that's going to cost. Oh, nice. I sp I spent a day cutting together like a rough cut of what I want for the trailer just because it, it helps if you have like a direction. And it does, be, yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah, it, it's gonna, in the ideal world, I would just do the trailer and I was so tempted to just take it. Mm. As I was doing that rough cut, I was like, I could just do Make this. Make this not rough. <laughs> Go like, uh, uh. But you have to resist that urge because the yeah. you can get 80% of the way there and 20% of the time. And so it, it's an illusion once you're like, well, but I just did this rough cut. It's like, no, <laughs> this now was it's so easy. <laughs> and it's not, it's not actually done yet, but how long would it take to get it done? It's like, no, stop. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I spent a day getting together a rough cut for that. Um, part of that is also just putting in tools. So you need things like I needed to add a way to capture footage without the UI showing in 4K with certain settings, that sort of thing. Um, and so like setting that, setting up a hotkey that would just disable the all UI and that sort of thing. So there, there's weird little tasks like that still. And there is honestly still content tasks, which is mostly just animation and effects that I've mm. been putting off and sound effects that just, I didn't have time to 
do any of the work I needed to do because I was too busy getting in everybody else's work. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, is, uh, is your musician doing effects as well? No, I'm I'm doing the effects, but he's doing sound effects, Is that if that's what you mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, I guess I'm... Maybe a layman on that terms. So I'm 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 vaguely aware. Like uh, this is what I know. So I know that, for example, Dose One on Enter the Gungeon did all the sounds. Like he did every. I think every bit of sound you hear. I think he had some hand in. From mm. like UI button clicking to all that stuff. So are those yeah. separate in the way you're doing it between you and your musician or? Oh. I mean, this one, this one was a little bit weird because I brought on Mitchell and I had him do the music and I did the first pass of the sounds. Mm. Um, and then I hired a friend of mine to do the rest of the sound effects. But we, um, in the end, it's a very musical game. Yes. And so most of it was like, I don't know, Mitchell, what do you, th like, I kept turning to Mitchell and being like, what do you think this should be? I think it should be more like this. And, and in the end, we kept having him record the sounds anyway, because the sound would be. What should it sound like if a trombone moves? I don't know, Mitchell, can you give us a bunch of trombone sound effects? And then, like, in the end, it, it became Mitchell mostly doing it anyway, and, and he really wanted to do it, and he's, you know, he's on the team. So I, rather than have another contractor, I just, we kind of agreed that Mitchell would just do sound effects. Nice. So, be, but because of this, it's kind of gone, there's no clear one person was in charge from the beginning. So I, I get think you. this is... This is something that probably would have been more cohesive if we had one person from the beginning, you know? Well, this is, these are all lessons learned for the future as to what might make life easier, etc. But when, when he's doing those sound effects out of pure interest on my part, is he doing, <laughs> like, does he have a trombone that he's... Again, my, I work with Dose One, just for anyone that's interested, if you're aware of him. He's a video game composer and also a musician. And I know he does a lot of stuff analog like foley like if he does something he'll make the noises himself or he'll get the thing that he wants and shake it and then mess with it Did, was mitchell doing that like when you said do you do a trombone does he have a trombone he like moved yeah. it that's cool yeah yeah that's he's cool. A, yeah he's a he moved it i mean the, yeah, the movement cool. sound effects the movement sound effects are just like trombone notes and yeah he's a musician he owns a trombone he borrowed an accordion for uh one of nice. the characters yeah like he so yeah it's it's authentic sounds that's great that makes musician. such a difference like yeah definitely uh it it definitely makes uh, it's good i like it a lot i like how the the audios come together for the game quite a bit i think that's like one thing i'm not worried about at all i think he crushed it with the music too the soundtrack's stellar yeah i'm really excited i still I don't was think i've heard it properly i don't know was he mm -hmm. the build i played a while ago was he was that his music as well that was like a year ago. It was, yeah. but there's way more now. I would think, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. I I mean, he's, that's definitely one of the things that went like, one of the things I got lucky with, like was meeting Mitchell early and having him, you know, lingering around for the whole project. It, it's been great. Uh, that's in fact, when I think of the things that went well, it's definitely Mitchell, definitely Rick working with the surface digital has been amazing. You don't always, get this from contractors. A lot of times you working with offsite contractors can be very difficult, especially if you want a game to, if you want, okay, how do I put this? It's possible to get very nice art from outsourcers, like extremely mm. nice, exquisite art from outsourcers, but that doesn't necessarily mean your game will look good because there's a lot more to uh, the visual direction of a game than necessarily each individual asset looking good, right? Like I mean? would say, 
Okay. Like this, I could go into a bit of a rant about this. Please. But what it, it starts off. So the entire, at the end of the day, a video game is like a, it's a visual medium, right? Like you're looking, yeah. you're looking at stuff, right? And the, when you're looking at the screen, you need to, what you see needs to be the game design, basically. Like the whole point of game art is to communicate the design. That's mm. the entire point. And so, for instance, if you're playing a shooter, um, it is important that you can very clearly see um, who you can shoot and what's obstructing you. It is important that the you come up with a visual direction that makes the design elements pop. So, yeah. for instance, in Overwatch, the most saturated thing will always be the characters. The backgrounds tend to um, ha- not necessarily be... Well, they are actually very low-frequency detail for the most part, but they tend to pull towards one kind of uh, one value range that's slightly less saturated. Uh, and a lot of care goes into making sure that certain things pop. It's not that, and yes, they have like an outline when you, uh, like an outline shader, but yeah. but even without that, I think the characters would pop quite a bit and the important elements pop quite a bit. And mm-hmm. things like that are are very, very important. And things like that, establishing what your direction is and... Like, is it going to be that this stands out because it's the most contrasty thing? Or are you going to find a different way to make certain elements stand out? Um, Communicating. This is something you're very, very aware of, especially if you come from animation. Because a lot of game design is communicated through animation, typically. So something like if you're fighting an enemy and that enemy, the whole point is that enemy is going to step back and have a huge wind up. And that's when he's weak and you want to hit him so you can interrupt that strike. Um that's that's technically design right like a designer is deciding okay the enemy is vulnerable for 0.5 seconds Hmm. and then it it's going to hit you and you need to communicate um rather than if if you can think of that if it was purely designed there would literally be a progress bar right and you need to hit the button before the progress bar hits the end but you're not showing a progress bar you're showing an enemy pulling back and then winding up his swing and then swinging and hitting you if you didn't hit it in time right yeah so these these things this this visual language isn't something that is easy to outsource it's something that um the the most difficult thing with bringing on contractors on an art team is getting getting them to congeal with a visual language because it's very very easy if you send an outsourcer like make me these 10 assets for them to not realize that rock hit is fits here in this overwatch map and has to have this kind of value range Otherwise, it will distract from the rest of the game because they can't see the whole composition Yeah. at the end of the day, right? Like at the end of the day, the composition is the game. It's not any individual asset. Um, and so it's always really important to have your artists be in your engine, in looking at their work in game, in context, and with the idea of what the game is, you know, with an idea of what the design is and what needs to be sold. Um, and... It is hard to outsource that. But with Rick, I got them in engine pretty quickly. Uh, there are certain things that I accidentally did well. Like I, hmm. my the process for the art, the way we did this for the environments, I can't do this again if I'm going to make a sequel. I can't do this thing where, uh, I well, maybe I could, but this thing where you like take a year, design the game, completely lock down the level, and then send them the entire level because I can't change the design as soon as I do that, right? Gotcha. They take that and they make it into a static mesh and now I can't change it. So it's actually a really shit workflow. An ideal workflow is design, art, 
everything can change right up until the last second. That's the, the perfect workflow would be one where that's true. That's also why, why we use Unreal. That's why engines are so popular is because in the past, like programmers would have to make an engine and then designers would design the game and then artists would make the art and that's just a shit way to work, right? Yeah. So, so what we need is like the, the perfect pipeline is one where everybody is always working the full time. Um, and you want your artists to be in, to be looking at their artwork in the game. And we got there pretty quickly, like Surface Digital and I, and part of it is Rick totally understands that. He's a background in game design and he's basically like, we, we split art direction in that he was the lead. He led the other artists and he did the other part that's very hard, which is um, making sure that every asset looks like it came from one person. Like one, yeah. one human can't make the game, but all of the art assets have to look visually similar. They have to look like they, they were painted by the same brush from the same artist. You huh. know what I mean? Yeah, like a cohesion to the whole thing. Exactly. Like you can't have some assets looking like they're from a different style or a different color palette. One yes. Of, one of the things we did is the entire game is largely flat shaded under the hood. I'm doing a lot of shader tricks. But under the hood, everything is just one solid color. And that color is picked from one texture map. Uh, that mm. has like uh, 50 swatches on it. Um, and Rick could change the swatches and so forth. But we, we pretty much locked down the, we had a color palette. And nobody, this made it so that nobody could texture their work in different ways, right? In a way, it forced cohesion across the team. Um, Smart. Yeah, we, I mean, we did that because it was the aesthetic. I wasn't even thinking of it as a workflow thing, but it wound up being really good in the end. Yeah. Like that ended up being like a very good idea by accident. Nice. Um, also, outsourcing the entire level, like I said, it's not something I can do again. But because of that, it at least forced them to look at not a single asset, but at the entire uh, the entirety of a, a given level. Mm. Um, so it made them, even in Maya, they were thinking of almost the whole composition. Not really. Like, there was a lot of friction initially while we were trying to get that down. And there was definitely, like, I, I mean, there was, it's not magic, right? Like, they, they would send over some some assets and sometimes I would just delete things or I would remodel it and I would send it back and I'd be like, what do you think of this? And here's why I did this. And we just, if you just constantly say, hey, I'm changing your work, I'm changing it to look like this and here's why. Do you agree? Can you polish this? Can we move forward like this in the future? Like it's very important to never just take someone's work and change it and not tell them why. Yeah. Because because now we've reached a point where they get it. That's like awesome. they and, and Kine is actually a game where you, the you need to feel the grid. This is a grid-based game. And I don't want some shitty-ass, like... I mean, if, for instance, say you, you you could make a game that's similar to this, but with, like, a Tron kind of aesthetic, right? Like, a, mm. you could make a game that looks like it's on a grid, but this isn't that. Um, and so I needed the player to feel the grid. I need the grid lines to be there, but without actually showing a grid in a weird kind of mechanical way. Um, yeah, I remember this back... Oh, a long while ago. I remember that being a concern of yours. That if any artist that came in that wasn't you, that you were like, no, it's so important that you get <laughs> the grid because I also because, of, because it's the game. Like that, that was the thing. Yeah, it's the game. Like it, it's it's important that you understand exactly where the character is in a given grid tile, mm. what they take up, how what the, where they how high it is in Z height. And there's places where I think we did fall down a little bit where. Um, I think from certain camera, like I added a bit of camera sway. So the camera always moves a little bit. I'm praying people don't get nauseous. Like I might regret this, but like so far I think it's fine. 
How does uh, it, it? How how does do you mean like when you're when the characters are moving? Because I know you can you kind of can change perspective sometimes when it moves levels. Mm-hmm. Is is that kind of what you mean? Uh, well, you know how like when you're playing a first person shooter, the camera kind of breathes. Yes. Like the camera bobs yes. a bit. Yes. There's a very subtle camera bob in the game right now, just because it helps you perceive height. Because there's times, from certain perspectives, it's very difficult to see the height hmm. that something is, and that's important in the game. We'll see if that's a good idea. That could be a terrible idea. This could be a very terrible idea. Yeah. Don't, I I don't. know I some things make me feel nauseous. Like, I know motion blur. If I can turn motion blur off, that's always... Like, in first-person shooters, it can sometimes be pretty egregious, and that does make me feel kind of ill sometimes. So I kind of get what you're getting across there. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why I feel confident in doing this is mostly because I am always nauseous in first person. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember like, you saying that. Most, yeah, it's one of those embarrassing things. Like, because I, I, I could play Bioshock Infinite, but I couldn't watch other people play it. And yeah. So if we had like a long review meeting, I would get super nauseous, and it's oh, a combination God. of turning off the if the gun bob and the head bob are desynced, or like there's just certain things I don't know. I've never gotten down exactly what combination of things it is some games are worse than others mm. um i would like to know that actually because i i know people that can't play first person shooters like they can't even play them because any of them because they make them feel sick and i know what you mean about like i was watching uh i think the McElroy brothers on some old polygon video playing something and they started spinning the camera around being like look at all of this and i was like oh i can't look at this now i feel incredibly sick well, different things bother people. Different things bother different people. Yeah, and it won't. It, it's not always consistent because some of it is how far you are sitting from your screen. <clears throat> like for some True. people, the dis. If you happen, if you, the room is brightly, if the room you're in is brightly lit versus not brightly lit, that matters too. Um, for certain things. Yeah. Because like you can perceive that your the depth perception is being played with. Like some people can't. I can. Uh, mm. You don't you don't consciously perceive it. You just feel sick. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, it's just unpleasant. Like I'll tell you, Portal was a. Did I tell you I? I don't know. I played. You did. I got through Portal mm. two. You, you did it. Because <laughs> I always I got, cite that as like Portal one and two is like when I say I suck at puzzle games. I'm always like, yeah, but those Portal games, good lord, those are good. They're good, yeah. Portal 2, I, I loved it. It was amazing. I loved that game. It was a labor of love. I did throw up once. I oh, uh, played it I played it one hour, or not one hour. I would get through, I think, my minimum, like, I was not allowed to play more than two puzzles. Mm. I played it over several consecutive days. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> it was just the only way I could get through. Dude, that game wrecked me. Like, yeah. I and, and I, f- oh, man. It was on. Un- most days I did one just because I didn't want to feel terribly unpleasant. Some days I did two. There was I remember the day I threw up. It was because like I had the the potato situation. Yes, I remember. And it was hilarious. And it's I was great. like, well, we're not we're not technically at a puzzle yet. This is fine. And I'm running through, and I'm like, oh no, what have I done? And then I just ran to the toilet. Like oh, I just God. like I because it was so funny. I didn't want to stop playing. And then you know like you should get like a special achievement <laughs> if the game could sense the vomit it's like look you get here's a hundred g because you <laughs> you really like this game I, li- I liked it i'm s- i oh man i liked it i'll never play it again yeah. i swear i was like i'm not doing this anymore but like <laughs> you can't get uh, me back Stephen merchant it's only so good 
<laughs> yeah, we're done with the portal now. Yeah. But but I got through it. It was a good game. It was fantastic. Oh, it's brilliant. Anyway. One of the best. <laughs> but anyway, talk, talking to Kyan and you were saying you added this uh, slight oh, camera yeah, movement yeah. in it. And... and it doesn't make me sick, but you know you're the developer. So we'll, I'm just going to add something in the options that will turn it off and we'll see where it goes. It might be a terrible idea anyway. Yeah. We'll find out. People um, will play it. They'll know. But everything in terms of art cohesion and all that stuff, it sounds like everything's kind of coming together so what what are oh, you yeah, doing yeah. now like now you're back because the artists are being rolled off and now it's all gwen time like what what is that time okay you mentioned well, a few God. things like there was a, you said there was a couple of mechanical things and because yeah. it sounded like you were f a little way away from actual bug fixing yeah i'll get to that i need to front load um making a trailer right now ah, just yeah, to get yeah to get that up and running and a lot of that is even if i'm not the one doing the cut i still have to record all the footage um and i'm kind of particular so uh and that's gonna there's just gonna be a lot of recording of footage getting together a raw b-roll for for my trailer guy to mix together that's gonna be one of the big focuses of this next week mm -hmm. um setting up the consoles and doing the ports is non-trivial um i we have a system right now keep a bind this is one of those things I'm going to, we're going to see if this was a good idea and maybe I'll gloat about it later. I made the entire okay. game, all of, I'm not like going loud about this on Twitter, but all of Kind was made in Blueprint. I don't have Visual Studio well, this installed. Was, yeah, this was like, I remember, the, again, I you had to explain to me what all of this meant, but like, <laughs> this was from day one, this was a thing that Gwen was like, I'm doing it all in this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it, it made... Like, it meant that I could do it. Yeah. I didn't a, like, I'm not a programmer, and I just don't, like, have a, a programmer to just do shit. And it, it meant, because of that, in a way, if you look at just the cost of development, even if you count, like, if you take the amount of, at the end of the day, I'm cheaper than a programmer in reality. Mm. Uh, they're, so if They're you, very smart people. Like, you're smart people, but they're, like, next level smart people. They're expensive people. And, and uh yeah. It's a, <laughs> you're it's like a they're expensive bar. i don't know if i'm also gonna... <laughs> also smarter yeah sure accurate <laughs> accurately true uh but like i uh what is it going down to i it saved technically if you look at the raw amount of money i don't know what is it like the real dollars that would have mm. taken to make kind i think it's a lot less than it would have been because i didn't need a programmer but yeah. here's the flip side Ooh. now like uh it's time to do the ports and um, like I don't have Visual Studio installed, <laughs> and I've hired I've hired Disbelief to do the ports. And what they did, they set up something kind of cool where basically every time I check something in a Perforce, they um they have a build bot that like crafts a build for every console, I, and then I mean, kicks that, it to a Google Drive. You might have just spoken in a different language for all the understanding. Okay. I just I don't even know what Visual Studio is, Gwen. Here's, so oh, let me let me try this. Okay, so. Because of the way I did ports, I'm not set up to easily iterate on anything on the consoles. And so if I want to, say, oh. change the color, maybe, like, because consoles will do different things. And say I need to turn down the contrast of the game. Mm -hmm. I and can this is like a the, patch after it's come out. Kind of no, 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 no. Like, say right, right oh, now I'm oh, working on, okay. say right now I'm working on a console mm -hmm. build. And I need to change the contrast of the game slightly yes I'll, i what i do is i go in and i change a number on my side and then i check it into perforce and i wait 10 minutes and then i 
basically there's like a 15 minute turnaround every time I make a change, hmm. which sucks. Uh, it doesn't sound ideal, <laughs> but yes. I mean, this, uh, uh, yeah, okay, I get you. So like you are now in a situation of like, I saved a bunch of money and time earlier, but now it's kind of back ending me. Porting is, porting is going to be brutal. Yeah. And there's, and there's times when there's certain bugs that only come up on certain consoles. I oh. had one, I've had one bug so far that only came up um, on an executable. And that one scared me to my core. I figured huh. it out, but that's the kind of shit that's like, I don't have the ability to look at the code. So I just kind of pray that doesn't happen. <laughs> oh, really? So there's certain kinds of, because again, you said it turned up on an executable. Well, Didn't fully follow you, but I, I was going to go with it. But what do you mean by it turned up on an executable? Oh, so so you can in Unreal you can play the game. Um, oh, how do I explain this? Now I do I, get it. You can play it in engine, and then you took it out of the engine as a and file and opened it. Exactly. I uh, made a dot exe, so an executable. With your with your with it. Sorry, uh -huh. uh, there's the, the, I know there's lots of people that also design games that listen to this. And they're probably like, yeah, we know. .exe, Chris. You know that. Like, I don't know why that confused you. But No, it's a... It's you know, okay. I, I like to... Me and the rest of us, we're, we're out there like, sorry, what? So, yeah, I'm with you. So, yeah, that sounds like that's going to be fun. So this is kind of what's eating up your time at the moment, getting all this uh, stuff ready. Yeah, well, that's, that's some of it. There's just a lot of it. There's going to be a certain amount of getting ready. Um, well, for one thing... This week, I would like to... I want to hit actual content lock. I want to finish the animation and stuff. Mm. It's just the things... Animation and effects are the one thing that, like, don't block any... I'm not blocked, and they don't block anybody. And as soon as I do it, they're done. So that can happen anytime, until basically up until cert. And so that's the kind of... The stuff that I've, I'm actually good at and care about keeps mm. getting pushed. <laughs> but, like, I'd huh. like to... I'd like to finish animating this one fucking cutscene. I got it. There's... <laughs> There's like two cutscenes in the entire goddamn game. I would like to animate them at some point. <laughs> I guess they're yeah, just that, that seems they're important. literally in poses right now. For fuck's sake! Like, I mean, it's not like it's not like it's a massive cutscene. When I say they're in poses, these are block. These are yeah. cube characters. Yeah, they're not talking they're, they're like there's only so many poses they can pull off. <laughs> it's not like this is gonna take long. But for fuck's sake, I'd like to be done. Yeah, that'd be uh, good. That'd be good. So there's a couple of those things I need to get done. So there is a little bit of content left. There's bugs that terrify me because they're unknowable. Mm. Um, there's some things where, and I mean, if I hit something really bad, I can always, like, I have contingency plans, which is just a Ooh. pile of money in a bank account. And oh, nice. Good, good. Yeah. Like, I was say, I, if it wasn't that, I was like, what, just like burn it all down? Like, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a lot of my contingency plans. I contingency. <laughs> like, <laughs> My contingency plan is this bullet. Her name is Sheila. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, there she is. She's ready. She's on the table. Like, <laughs> I'm just looking at her. Anyway, yeah. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, that uh, sounds like you've got a lot on, Gwen. Do you anticipate, like, again, because it's going to be interesting to kind of mark these chapters as we go along recording this show. Like, out of interest, and not to put you in a position where you're going to be like, oh, I didn't get there. But where, where do you think you'll be in a week? Like, what, do you, what does a week look like for Gwen? Um, let me think. Uh, okay. Well, I have to... Two of the consoles I have not set up so that I could target them yet. One of the consoles is set up so I can target to them and I've deployed and I've already started fixing stuff. Look at you with um, a military language. God damn. Uh, okay, so... I will target the console. We have deployed. 
Yeah, I never thought about that. That's yeah. true. Uh, it's like, what, you just got to look at it? Is that what targeting the console means? God, I have I yet wish. to target it and let you look. That would be there amazing. <laughs> God, wouldn't that be lovely? No, you. it's more like you do the you do the Microsoft dance. You run in a circle three times. You throw a dead chicken over your shoulder. You pray. I see. I, I can't tell you. What, I, I honestly I haven't done the the other consoles. Yet. I don't know why I'm being cagey about this. <laughs> I can't officially say which consoles I'm coming out gotcha, on. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So you're, you're still not figuring allowed that to out. name them. Yeah, I'm with no, you. I know. I just can't say it. Yeah, no, I get you. We can uh, <laughs> we can leave. Uh, we can edit it actually, so I can do whatever I want. But we can nah, <laughs> we can leave that one. It's not like a it's not like a mystery. Uh, which but... one of the three will it be? <laughs> I've got all. It's no, Ouya. No. It was Ouya all along. I knew it. <laughs> she kept it quiet. I... It's back. It's that NVIDIA thing. Do you remember that NVIDIA Shield? Oh, I remember. Yeah, that's still good. People still... I know someone with one of those that still swears that it's great. NVIDIA Shield? Yeah. I know someone that owns one, that little clamshell version of it, that they're like, look, it's great. I can stream anything. And they gave it to me, and I was (laughs) less than impressed. (laughs) But they were like, look at all the the emulators I've got on it. And I was like, yeah, great. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just gonna go back to my PC. I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they marketed that. I don't like. I feel like it. I'm a game developer, and I don't know much about the Nvidia Shield. It's weird. It's tied to me in a tiny story of the very first thing I ever did to do with anyone in the games industry. I remember going around their house to do a podcast, and they had an Nvidia Shield before it came out, and they were like, "Look at this." And I remember not being that impressed then, and that <laughs> speaks to like. I was so impressed with everything that was happening on that day. And yet still, I saw that and went, oh. <laughs> well, all right. The flip side of this is the tech and the all tech the, was amazing. Every, everything you're really excited about um, looks really unimpressive when it's in development. Yeah. That's just true. Like it it, it, the last, it's only at the end when things start to look cool. Yeah. But anyway, speaking yeah. of only at the end and things start to look cool before we go too far down the rabbit hole of the NVIDIA Shield. <laughs> you're, you're targeting consoles. You're going to deploy the troops on the consoles. That that that's yes. a thing that you're looking to do in the next week. Is what el- what else does your week look like? Just out of so, interest, so we can kind of mark time points and whatnot as we go along. Oh yeah. So this week is mostly capturing footage, working. I mean, some of it's unknowable. Like some of it requires seeing when my trailer guy's available because he's like a contractor that's doing multiple different things. I I mean, so because what I'm... Okay, so Chump Squad, the company, is just me because Mm -hmm. this was going to be a solo project. And what I decided to do when I pursued funding, the way I pitched it, is like, let's try the Hollywood model where you have an internal team, Chump Squad, just me, uh, and uh, someday, ideally, like four or five people. Mm. And... um, You've you've a core internal team that makes the game, and then like seventy five percent of your team is actually contractors uh, that you bring on and off as needed. Yeah. And that that helps. I think for certain games, especially narrative games or very games with a large amount of environment art, this is really important. This is the future. I I believe that very strongly. Um, but part of that is for certain things like my trailer guy. I kind of a little bit got to work around their schedule because. Like Keith has other people he's making trailers for, yeah, right? Totally. Um, They're a and studio. So he's, yeah. Well, he he's a he's studio. A studio. He's also, yeah. <laughs> he's a, yeah. He's like me. He's like a one person. Yeah, totally. But, 
he's got like so he has in, in like three weeks he's got another job he's got to pick up he's finishing up this job this week and so we've got like a window of time here it's a little bit early to make the trailer and so i've kind of got to work when he's available because that's how i get him for the cheap um and so anyway some in some ways that's unknowable that's one of those things i'm going to work as much as he's available when he's available mm. um where was i going with this yes there's the where consoles. the thing the weather week was going yeah uh we're going to i'm still working with rick we've transitioned the 3d guys off we're transitioning a different artist on hmm. a more graphic designer person and they're gonna help me explore ideas for packs Perfect. like what i'm gonna sell for yeah March. that's great i was gonna say because that was a thing just from where i work from working with the graphic design team they are fucking amazing and the shit they do is amazing so yeah i'm glad that's being rolled on as well as like specialists who can do that stuff because yeah i mean it's not like a specialist we're all multidisciplinary people this is the same person that did concept it's just like the 2d guys coming on instead of the oh 3D. yeah but you know more specialists than you there you go like yeah. <laughs> it's you're bringing on someone else that's good yeah like well i need to delegate at this point yeah like, it's just there's enough going on i i could I could do everything from now to the end, but that would take six months. <laughs> so, so even though it's inefficient in a way, I need to delegate everything and then just kind of oversee all of it. But gotcha. that's the only way to get it done in time. So yeah, so we're the PAX merch is starting ideally this coming week. Uh, we should probably come back next week and see how that's all coming along. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Thanks for chatting with me, Chris Light. Never a problem, Gwen. This has been Gwen Frey and Chris Light, and you've been in the dialogue box. Hey, Chris. Gwen. We just decided to do something right after we finished recording. <laughs> the best time <laughs> to do it, I think. So we have to tack this on to the end. Uh, Let's make a Discord. I like the sounds of that, Gwen. What about? About, you know, like... I don't know. I don't know how things work. You know how things work. You're in charge of the Discord. No, we're gonna. We should make a. We should make a Discord about like the dialogue box and stuff we do. I don't know how marketing works, but you're supposed to make a Discord. So let's do it. Let's make one and like build a community. Shut up. I know the buzzwords. Yes. Community. We're gonna build a community, Chris. Like. Yeah, we are. Fuck yeah, we are. All right. See you next week. Yeah. See you soon. You can find out more about the Discord on Gwen's Twitter. Go there. You can get the link. Wait, no, cut that part, because I don't know if I ever remember my Twitter. Where are we where will we actually put the link? You'll tweet it. Oh, okay, yeah. I guess don't cut that part. I'll tweet it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you don't have room? I was like Oh, like I thought you meant like in my Twitter description. Oh like, no, 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 no. Well, Dude, I'm down to like negative characters and that yeah, shit. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I feel I filled up with way too much shit. Uh yeah, you'll tweet it. That's what we'll do. We'll tweet it? Is that how is that how things work? Yeah. <laughs>